few trades happen today. You know, nothing like we all thought DeJounte Murray was getting moved, but the Hawks decided, hey, let's see what we can do with this. I thought they should have just moved them probably at this point. Uh, but you know what? The Sixers made some moves. The Knicks made some moves. The Pacers made some moves. The Spurs trade Doug. You know, it's a lot going on right now, man. But first things first, before we get into it, Kyrie, introduce yourself to the people out here, man. Yo, yo, what's going on, fellas? What's going on, viewers? Glad to be back, man. Let's get to it. Make sure I like, comment, and subscribe, man. We're trying to run it up over here. Let's go. Let's get straight to it. Johnny, introduce yourself to the people, man. Hello, world. Just Johnny tapping back in again, baby. Listen, just an analyst, not an advocate. Just an analyst. Oh, trade reviews, man. How about this? NBA. Whole lot of nothing, if you ask me. Ain't it like that every year, though? They hype no. it up. Like, on a big, no. For the most Seems part, like it. for the most part, it is. It's more, yeah, free agency is more big of a deal. Seems like. Free agency for the stars. The trade deadlines for the journeymen and role players. Uh, <laughs> like, like that's all. That's what it is. Oh well, yeah. Oh, okay. Let's go, buddy. Him. How, what's this? His fourth team? Because he was on the Pelicans, the Kings, the, Kings, the Pelicans. The uh. What was he on? This is like the fourth team. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Let's see. He make it last with this one. All right. With that being said, uh, let's get straight to it. Kyrie, I'm gonna start with you. Listen, man. A lot of trades went down. Like I said earlier, nothing. That had changed the landscape of the playoff, maybe, uh, but it, not too much. But in your opinion, just think, um, what was some of the highlights trades in your opinion? Like, what was the best trades done today so far in your opinion? And did that trade particularly help their franchise improve their chances at contending, competing for a playoff, or you know, break it down? No, I didn't. I didn't really see any any like like room shaking moves being. I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of refining, mm. like a lot of a lot of teams like getting pieces that they they feel like they might need or they might like boost like like give them a little boost somewhere they think they're lacking. Um, right. and one of them is what you mentioned, Colin and Buddy Hill. Um, mm. Buddy Hill is a sh- is a shooter. He's he's been that his entire life. He's a guy that moves off the ball well. He gets hot from the outside. And um, I think that's somebody the Sixers kind of need, especially off the bench, because for years you guys have struggled with like. With, with with bench production and, and guys having a, having that guy off the bench, I should say, and um, getting a guy like Buddy Hill who's comfortable starting when he needs be or coming off the bench, he's going to show up and he's going to do what he gets paid to do, and that's shoot the ball. Um, as far as addressing the needs, I don't think the Sixers really did that. As far as like beefing up like the big man, um, like like the the four or the five position, um, especially with Joel and B being out with what we now know is a torn meniscus. And um, it's gonna re- it's gonna require some time. MVP racing out. He's done. MVP races out sadly, and and this is coming from the Knicks fan. He had he had it, bro. He had oh it. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're going we're in we get to it. We're going to talk about that later. The whole sixty five games thing. But I think the Sixers needed to go after like like another big or something like that. He's seen a guy like Dan. Get- I think Dan Daniel Gaffer got moved today. Did he he ended up going to the uh, to the Mets. Yeah. Yeah. He actually did. He, he they they picked him up. Um, the Mavs, the Mavs definitely they they desperately needed a front court and they own. The right. Wizards got Rashawn Holmes, which I thought was uh, they just bumped him into pretty much. Yeah, well, I don't. I'm not sure that. Yeah, the Raptors and Jazz trade to me is interesting because it's like I was, I, was, I was I was going I was going to make it. I was going to finish off with that, Colin. Well, with me with the uh, with the Buddy Hill John real quick. But go ahead. Yeah, I. Y'all, y'all made a move like they like to get somebody off the bench, but I still think y'all was lacking in that in that department with the big men, um, as far as like supplement for B. But uh, yeah, like I said, you seen a guy like Gaffer get moved, somebody like him, a rim runner that can go. He, he, again, he you know what he is already. He's gonna bring what he what he's been bringing, which is rebounds and block shots and running. Mm. Um, right. but you mentioned the 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 Raptors trade, uh, Colin, I believe. Uh, yeah, I the Jazz. So, what what do y'all think of like like the Jazz like moves like they, you see them get rid of a young guy like Ochai Baji who could he could have fell victim probably to like them having a lot of guys um uh in, in the backcourt but they also got rid of a guy Samoa Fontecchio who 
when guys like Lori Markin went down, Keontae, the rookie Keontae George went down, he came in, he showed to be a good, a good uh, shooter and a good scorer and bunches. So what do y'all think? Like, like what do y'all think the Jazz got going on? Well, I mean, the Jazz are like a middle of the pack, fringe lottery type of pro- team, you know, because can they make the playoffs? Maybe during the, you know, tournament in, you know, maybe they might make, not tournament in, uh, the play in tournament. Yeah, the play in tournament, excuse me. They might make some even if they I don't think they'll probably get to that point, but who knows? But they've always been that middle of pack team. They're never competing for the title, but they're not that horrible to where they're consistently in the lottery. They're yeah. just there. So uh I, I'm trying to see where they was trying to go with this move. It was interesting because they got Kira Lewis Jr., which I think at this point is pretty much a bust in my opinion. Uh, what he got taken in 2020? Uh, Kyrie, yeah, he's just been a disappointment. Yeah. I think more so where he got drafted to that really played a part, but he's just been really disappointing. Maybe they put him and Keontae George. No, Colin Sexton is still there, so I don't even know why they got Kerry Lewis at this point. He's just there. Man. Did they get picks for it? Because they, they, got, they seem got a- like. A 2024 first round pick. That's what the Jazz uh, received so, from the Raptors. So I guess that's why. All right. So the, I feel like the Jazz seem like this would be the pattern with them for the past couple of seasons to me is like they're always trying to compete while still rebuilding for the future. Mm. And they always seem to unload at a time where you think they're trying to make a push. And they did it again. And it's like they hold on to certain pieces, but then they unload again. And so, but then here they go. They're trying to build for the future. So they never seem like they're sold on. They're still trying to find that core, and they're still trying to push. It's 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 weird. We've seen them do this with players before, and um, you wonder like you know what I mean what what are they aiming for? Donovan Mitchell, Woody Gobert. I think that's the longest stretch that they've tried with that with those two players. They tried to build around, but other than that, it seems like they're rebuilding. But right when you say that, it seems like they're making a push as well. So I, I, I can't really call it with the Jazz. It's really weird. But they've been like this as a franchise. Like you said, Colin, like a team that's not ever going to they, – they're, they're not going to really get there this year. But that's just been their notion. Like just – that's just been their heritage. Like they've just always been their, – their culture just always trying to get to there but never getting to the championship. And I actually can't call it with them. But it just seems like the same pattern that's been repeated. Like they're just trying to rebuild while still trying to compete, but we don't know what they're what what they're ultimately looking for. It's stumping me. Yeah, I found that confusing. Um, I also found it confusing that they gave up Kelly Olynyk. Now, who's a vet and who is somewhat of a journeyman? He's he's bounced around a little bit, but he's still a guy that's going to like like he's still serviceable. I feel like a lot of playoff teams or a lot of like French playoff teams could use a guy like Kelly Olynyk. And um, bringing him to his native country, he's, he is Canadian. Bringing him back to bring him over to Toronto, maybe they unlock some kind of like they did with R.J. Barrett. But um, I think it was a good move for them also because they they kind of need that vet. Like Toronto's one of those teams that's kind of like trying to stay somewhat relevant, of course, with that core. Scotty Barnes now, R.J. Barrett, and Emmanuel quickly, but they know they're not there right now. They try to and, and they're trying to they're trying to build pieces up to get there. And um, I think adding a vet like Kelly Olynyk, it, it, it was it was it was a solid move. Like it was it was like again, it's not like a home run or nothing. But the, I want to speak on something the Raptors also did was they traded Dennis Schroeder for uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. It was Dennis Schroeder and Thaddeus Young, I believe, for uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. And um, I like that for Schroeder because once we seen once quickly got there, we seen his minutes kind of fluctuate. And um, as well as his touches and his opportunities too, he was he didn't really get as many opportunities. And quick was out there. And quick, is, you can't really blame him because quick was playing good. And uh, him going to a place like Brooklyn, especially swapping for Dinwiddie, who's who as a, he's let's be honest, he's been cheeks this season. Um, I think that's just another savvy point guard, a guy that can get like guys like uh like Nick Claxton involved and get Dayron Sharp involved. Of course, keep the ball flowing between Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges. Um, he gets added on defensive and he's still pesty and plays the passing lanes. I I think Dennis Schroeder is a, a pretty underrated guard in my opinion. And um, I think swapping him with Dennis Schroeder, I mean, I'm sorry, with uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, who ended up getting waived by Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, it was a, it, that, that was a pretty good move in, in, my, in my opinion for Brooklyn. 
There's another player that got waived as soon as he got traded, too. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, but boy. Say that again, Colin, my fault. Oh, I said, yeah, there's another player that he got, as soon as he got traded for, he they just, they waived him. Literally. Well, like, they did that to Rob, like Robin Lopez. Yeah, the Rockets in the in the Grizzly trade. I think the Rockets definitely policed the Grizzlies. I don't know why they give them Steve Nash. That was just like, whoa. Like, the, the Rockets is gonna make some noise. What happened with that? What was that trade again? They traded for Victor Oladipo and three second round yeah. picks, and they oh, yeah, yeah, Victor right. Oladipo because Victor Oladipo at this much he's tore his legs are pretty much done at this point. He'll never be the guy that he used to be, and it's a shame. But yeah, it, it is a shame because Victor Oladipo was nice. He had a nice oh game. man, oh man, he was awesome. Andrew Robinson, and and, and 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 he got off of an injury. Uh, Stephen Adams too, who we could be seeing like the end of his career possibly with all with all these injuries. I hope not. He went to my high school. I'm still rooting for him. Fellow K like here, Roman Catholic. Shout out to my <laughs> man for real. I hope he still can make it out there. But um. I don't think the only other like the honestly the only other like none of these trades are exciting. I was just about to say the only the only trade that like really like like I feel like really made a team better. The Knicks was the Knicks. Yeah, like I'm not even being a homer right here. I mean, we we got rid of uh, uh, Quentin Grimes, who I feel like kind of hit his cap with and and being in that and being in kind of like that rotation with. Dante Diva just so Josh Hart. It just didn't really work out for him because the shots weren't there. Oh, and we, got, we got off of, we, and we got off forever forty eight contract. Who's right. getting paid like nineteen million on the bench? And we got Alec Burks, who's already played with us. He's already played under Tibbs. He's familiar with mm-hmm. our familiar with our guys. Right. And we got Boyan Bogdanovich, who's been putting up twenty points a game um, at thirty five years old. Mind you, he's playing with the he's playing with the bum ass Pistons. <laughs> but he's still, that's still a guy we can rely on to hit shots from outside, uh, from the outside. Um, OG and OG and Anubi just went down. He's getting um like a procedure on his elbow. Done. So y'all he's doing? Out. So I y'all doing Quentin Grimes too? I feel like y'all should have kept him. I think I don't. Again, bro, I think he hit his cat with us. We seen yeah. him. We seen like a little bit more of what he could do last year when he actually started for us. He put up like eleven points a game, like four boards. Yeah, he's down to like seven points per game this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, and, and it's because he's not aggressive. He and it may be because of Tibbs, because we've seen Tibbs do this to guys at certain times. We're like, he's just a spotted shooter now. Yeah, and yeah. um, yeah. but at the same time, is is I feel like it's up to him kind of to take that initiative to attack more, to look to body hunting, to get fouls more, just to get the just to see the ball go in. You know I mean, hmm. and um, I just don't think he was getting that cut. It's a great, a solid defender. I'll give him that. He, he played really good defense too, and I think we're going to miss that to to an extent. But the Knicks are already a very good off uh, defensive team. That's what we hang our hat on. That's what our whole identity is. Man, listen, you guys changed after that OG and Novi trade. Oof, that oh. that changed the whole. Like y'all ceiling now is like you can you guys compete for a title? I wouldn't say that's crazy, but you guys have it's hard. It's hard. I'm trying to remain humble. I want to say that's crazy neither, but I don't think we I don't I don't I don't think so just yet considering like what Boston's doing. But I, I think we're gonna talk about that later. Yeah. But you're right, Colin. Since OG and Anubi like came, we have we have been a, a completely different team. But again, what I'm getting circling back to my point, having him out for three weeks, maybe a month, and having Jules out for some time with that separated shoulder. Um having got having veteran guys like Alec Burks again, a guy that's been in the system before. And Boyar Bogdanovich, who's bounced around and who's who been traded midseason before and hopped on the team and still did his thing. They're gonna end they're gonna they're gonna blend in seamlessly. They're gonna play fine. Um and I honestly think that added on to that depth, giving us some guys off the bench or maybe pushing some guys to the bench that can that can score more, that can help Deuce McBride out because he's he's still an inexperienced guard. He's still learning how to play out there. And he's still trying to fill in that quickly role, which is some big shoes to fill right now. Because quickly was a six man of the year candidate and a bucket getter off the bench. So we're still trying to find that. But I think we, I pretty, I, I, I say, I say, I really think we we improved a lot with this with this little trade right here. Johnny, all right, listen. Uh, so I'm gonna put the spotlight on you. So tell me, who would you describe as the winners of this trade and the losers of this trade? Break it down from your perspective. And what mm-hmm. trade, in your opinion, is probably the most interesting and you like to – you think we should pay attention to moving forward and seeing how this impacts this particular franchise? Uh, well, see, I'm going to tell you this now. Hmm. 
this trade this year, like how we said, it was a whole bunch of role players and a whole <laughs> bunch of like puzzle pieces, right? And I feel like certain teams added right puzzles and a lot of teams missed on a lot of puzzles. Mm. And um like Kelly Olenek, for example, like you mentioned, I feel like he's a piece that fits anywhere. Why would the Jazz let him go? Why did Boston let him go? Why did did he play for Indiana? Why they let him go? Like he fit everywhere he went to. He played oh, the Heat. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So he fit everywhere that he went, and it's just like it's all about pieces, though, at right times. And so, with that being said, like, dog, I'm not going to lie. One of the trades that I saw that didn't happen, I want to start off with that. A lot, of, a, a couple of trades that I saw that didn't happen that I felt like should have happened. Pieces at right times. Kyrie, I even holler at your Knicks about this one. I'll start off with y'all. I like y'all for Bruce Brown a whole lot. I believe you would agree. Like, I know you guys hang your head on defense. And at the, at the end of the day, you guys probably don't have everything you possibly need to get past Boston just yet. But Bruce Brown would have been a hell of an addition, especially considering what happened to OG and Anobi. He would have been a nice fit. I like, I'm surprised that that didn't happen. Andre Drummond should have came back to Philly. And I say that again. Andre Drummond should have came back to Philly. As soon as Kaminga fell on Embiid's knee and he screamed like that, yeah. Daryl Moore should have went in the hallway in the skybox. He should have went in the hallway and dialed up and called up <laughs> Chicago <laughs> and called them about Andre Drummond. Y'all, they blowing it up anyway. Uh, so, I mean, for the like, obviously we need size, but at the end of the day, dog, he's still averaging double double at the age that he's at. Eleven boards and ten and a half points a game. We could definitely use that. Of course. Like, like, so those are two pieces that I felt like at perfect times that would have fit teams that. Didn't happen. Um, I, I really thought that de- since we mentioned Dejounte Murray, I thought he would have matched with the Pelicans very nicely because of the fact that Bi the streak that he's having. We mentioned I mentioned Brandon Ingram being an All Star snub. I like Zion the way they was getting the way the way they're starting to gel. CJ's coming together. I felt like he would have came over over there at a good time. He probably would have been able to fit over there nicely. And who knows what the Hawks could have got back for him? But at the end of the day, um, a lot of pieces that didn't happen. I felt like should have happened. I was a little upset on that. Speaking mm. of upset, I also want to move on to pieces that did happen that I just like scratched my head. Pat Bev for campaign. We got to yeah. talk about it. That was crazy. Uh, Pat, Pat Bev that for Cameron Payne. That was, that was um, crazy. I think oh, that's horrible for Philly. Like, what you know what I'm saying? Like, right doing, to the bottom. I, I think it's Doc. Maybe Doc made a phone call or something. I don't know, but. Like, that helps the Bucks out as far as, like, playoff experience. Pat Bev does have a knack for turning teams around. We saw Minnesota. We saw Chicago. Pat Bev's a spark plug. And if you're a playoff team that's struggling like the Bucks stars, I think they're, like, what, 19th or 18th in defense? Yeah, right. 18th in defense right now or something like that. Bottom yeah, of the yeah, That's horrible, bro. Yeah, that's, yeah, when, you go, when you're going up against like Boston, them. looking up and going against teams up in Boston, you got to have defense. And they get fried. Especially on the wing side. And what do Boston have? Wings. Like, I mean, we proved in uh, Giannis is Giannis, but, bro, they need defense. Especially when you're going up, up, up against a uh, top team like Boston and, and uh, other teams thereof. So, with that being said, that, they, that's a winner for them. I understand what Philly did. We need shooting, Kyrie. You made a point on that. We need shooting. I think we're like, where are we at? We're 27th in the league and, th- and threes made right now. 27. We're, that's weird saying, uh, considering the Sixers have always been one of the top tier, middle to top tier uh, teams and as far as shooting the basketball from three, like consistently over the past couple of seasons. I've not seen this in a while from us, like bad well, shooting from three-point well, line. Johnny, you know, the interject. 36%. I mean, even though I'm not too fond about campaign, he is shooting 39. 30, yeah, 39% from, so. from three. You got to see what they're doing there, right? Buddy Hill, he's 38%. Them two alone is better than our team to get, as a whole. From three right now. It's definitely up. I will say that. So, I get it. I get that for sure. And I'm glad we, we paid some attention to the wing a lot after Kelly Oubre. So, Buddy Hill can, definitely can help. Three years too late, if you ask me. Because I wanted him after the Ben Simmons debacle. Uh-huh. I wanted him when he when, when Sacramento was shipping him. We could have had Curtis uh, Halliburton. Uh, Think about that. Uh, two times. How about that? What? Pieces that didn't happen at right times, right? I, here we go again. Like it's puzzle pieces, y'all. Puzzle pieces. 
these pieces ain't coming together and we're just not making the moves. Like Kyrie said it, a lot of we didn't get a lot of teams didn't get better. Uh for real, for real. I like New York. I actually like I will say I actually like uh go ahead. I was gonna say can I throw an idea at you with a player that you threw at us? Well how come how come the Bucks didn't go after Bruce Brown? That's a good question. You talk about the oh, oh, they got Chris Middleton. Oh, they got Chris Middleton over there. And if our restrictions on podcast fans watch the show consistently, they know that Chris Middleton is also on our bum list. Rudy Gobert. Mm. I'm, mm. Okay. Well, I'm saying, what, what, what's he doing? He, he's supposed to be the guy, right? I'm not going to lie. He's dropping 15 uh, points a game. I'll he give is. him some. He's averaging like 15 a game. I'll give him that. But, I, mean, I think he's like, along with like four or five downs a game, I'll give him that. But, you know. He's not taking over Chris Middleton's spot. Yeah, he's not, maybe he's, he's not playing. He's not playing know. like his contract. I'll say that. Even then, bro. Even then, he's he's a wing defender and he's switchable. Like you, like you mentioned, Johnny, they get killed on the wings, and that's what when ultimately when you looking like when you looking at who you got to play or who you got to get through in that East. Boston got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown right there, and having a Bruce Brown, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't stop the it doesn't stop the whole. I mean, it doesn't like plug the hole completely. But it makes it a whole lot easier on you. you. Got somebody that's out there that's aggr- like that's like aggressive and that's gonna that's gonna defend guys and that's gonna make life harder on themselves. So once like when you yeah. mentioned that when you get to the bus, that that made me think about that. Like how come how come they ain't Word. It, and honestly, that's more to my point. It's just another piece. It 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 does like you said. It don't solve. It doesn't give you the whole picture, but it brings you back to your identity of what you originally were, and mm-hmm. um, that the, the, it goes. It takes take you back to your culture. You got to go back to basics here. And at the end of the day, they're not above blowing it up. So, like, yeah, that's another piece that didn't fit. Like, either even with the Knicks or the Bucks, another piece that can fit at the right time that they didn't make. That's another move that's weird. But a move that I did like, though, I will say the Suns, Phoenix Suns actually got a nice piece in Royce O'Neal. I yeah, like him going there. Yeah. I like him going there. And here's. Even more so, he uh, you might critics might say he lost a step due to age. Royce is still Royce. He's still good for ten points a game, giving about three to four boards and a whole yeah. hell of a lot of defense. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and at the end of the day, Phoenix Suns they can never go wrong with that. Especially after that that uh, big three is just now starting to gel. I think they all like uh, Bradley Bill. He's coming. He's coming along. Like that mask, it seems to be working for him. Any player that puts the mask on seems to be snapping. I don't know what's up. Yeah, Durant's yeah. there. Booker's always booked. Like they coming together, right? We got our offense together. Now they're getting their defense together, and I feel like Royce could really help that. Main point though that I like about this trade, they were able to keep assets like Grayson Allen, Nasir Little. You didn't have to give them up. That's important, important because those are two-way players. A little bit better scores than Royce, so he can add to that defense, and you still can rely on him with the offensive support after the uh, you know after your big three. So I really like them. That bumps them up in that. That really bumps them up in that. And my, my last thing, I got a head scratcher. My, my one last head scratcher. Right. PJ Washington to the Mavs. Do y'all like PJ? You like that? Here's my no, head scratcher with that. No, I, I'm like saying that. thank you for bringing it up because I, no, I do. No, I <laughs> like that. I like that. What you like about it, Kyle? Because what was because listen, the Hornets wasn't trying to use him. Well, I mean, the Hornets was using him, but the way Miles Bridges was playing, it was clear mm-hmm. that PJ Washington was going to come off the bench because Miles Bridges was playing like well, he has to play like the way he's playing because he really on a isn't like his last year the time to a one year deal. Ma- yeah, Miles Miles might be out of there. But I I don't know if the Hornets might take it. I don't see why he's still young. He's not even twenty eight. That's what I'm saying. I, they can still. Why you like it, Kyrie? I was going to say the I don't necessarily like it, but the only thing, like the only bright spot in this to me, is that the fact that Hornets get another first round pick. Oh, maybe I might take that back, knowing that they might they might fumble it because they got some of the worst. Well, they'll available. be they'll be in the lottery the next couple of weeks. But, you know, man. but that's Dallas' first round pick, so that's like a, like that's probably going to be like a mid rounder. But as far as like getting a Grant Williams, like is Grant Williams better than PJ Washington? Not right now, as far as this season, PJ Washington has been really solid, especially last yeah. year. I like him. I like he was coming into right. his own. PJ Washington was cooking last year too. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so, and Martin with, with Williams down, he started playing more. He was started playing more at the five with Nick uh, and, and swapping out with Nick Richards and stuff like that. Um, I, I they got a vet in Seth Curry. Like I, 
Yeah. I mean, the Hornets are probably looking at this as like, we're not going to Yeah. And that's my main point. But but that's my main point right there. Like, PJ's solid for where he's at and who he is. But any, and he's got, he's still got upside. But it's what you gave up. Like you said, Kyrie, a first round pick. And they gave up, uh, what was it, a 2027 first, but it's still a first round. And a 2030 first round swap. So that's two first, that's one first round, first round swap for PJ Washington. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not really even and out on the scale. So, but I get the Mavs are that much needed of a front court. And they're probably, and, and they're, Mark Cuban's probably sick of it because they get beat the same way every year in the playoffs in the so, front court. So, how much do you, uh, you know, PJ helps provide scoring. Grant Williams not a scorer. He could play. He plays defense. Maybe not to Grant Williams level, but he, the defense is there. Rebound is not an issue. Uh, I think he's a solid yeah. passer. I mean, you don't lose out with getting PJ Washington, in my opinion. Plus, PJ. Yeah, Washington we'll see what those first round picks amount to. But like you said, mid rounder maybe. Yeah. Considering Dallas. Yeah, consider Dallas right. relevant. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I mean, that's it, man. There's a whole bunch of it was it was a whole, it was a whole lot of nothing, but it was a little bit of something. I yeah, bro, grind my gears on the Pat Bev thing. I, and honestly, I he grew on me because I wasn't a fan of Pat Bev's game. He grew on me. He fit. It, it's a piece, man. Pieces are important. We understand bro. superstars. We understand uh, 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 players that can carry you there. We understand gelling. We understand super teams, big threes, and all that. You have to have role players, to, and it's not even that many. Maybe one or two can carry you over. Because outside of your starting five, let's think about it. You're only it's maybe a big three off a bench that a coach is playing. Maybe the good teams that'll go deeper. You got four. You'll go four yeah. deep off your bench at the most, and maybe in the playoff time. Depending on matchups, you got two of those bench players that might actually do you some solid. So at the end of the day, you get what you can get. But I'm telling you, man, these solid plays, these solid players matter. Solid pieces matter. And uh, and I feel like the Sixers, as a Sixers fan, we just did not, we just did not do what I expect. I still say but as we're far like as, top as far as the league, it was a whole bunch of nothing, but a little bit of something. All right, a couple of steals. Before we get on to the next topic, I do want to – oh, I almost forgot to mention this. Okay, see, it hasn't been official yet, but the plan is for Gordon Hayward to go to Oklahoma and then the, the you know, the Hornets. Oh, I read that. The, the Hornets will receive Trey yeah. Man. Besides – I can't even pronounce this, but I thought the, the, the Thunder's going to look back and kind of regret giving him up. I felt like he's definitely one of those guys. He says OKC. I was surprised. Yeah. He, he, he's playing well for rookie. Yeah, I was surprised they gave him up, but they gave him up with Trey Man, which I didn't. I figured they'd let him go because Trey Man is just there to be there, and they gave uh, two second round picks, twenty four and twenty five. Okay, see, now, was second round. Okay, see, okay, she didn't get any more size neither. That was another team that that possibly missed out on some uh, on some pieces. But no, 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 I can't say that. I feel like Gordon Hayward is there for the veteran leadership off the bat. I said, eh. start him. That's for, I said, eh. when I saw Gordon Hayward, I said, eh. But, but, Greg, but Greg made the point last episode that you can't really trust Chet Holmgren right now. Like, with the Chet Holmgren we're talking about right now, you can't really trust him as a rebounder or to get you a key rebound down the stretch or like, or deep into the playoffs because he, he's still developing into his frame. And, they, and I made the point also that the next guy off their bench or their next big is Jalen Williams, who's like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, He's 6'9", but he got the strength. He got the speed. They can play that small ball, which OKC does well. Warriors play it for a certain amount of time. Still, bro, they, they don't have enough size. They got a bench. The size, you're right. It's very concerning, but they got a – I mean, they're, they're 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 number two right now in the West. Yeah, you're right, and they're number two for a reason. But there's and they're still a young team, so. Yeah, we're talking longevity, bro. The playoffs get deep. And like, yeah, another another peak that, that I saw Gordon Hayward and I said, and hey, a lot of second rounders, bro. Another thing Colin mentioned, second round picks. Uh, I think uh the Nets got three second round picks from the Suns and that was some military. Uh, yeah, bro, these second rounders are just tossing around like wild cards, man. They they just hey. picking up second teams are picking up second rounders like, you know what I mean? Listen, I mean OKC is you gotta think the abundance of picks they have, it's not killing them to give away two second round picks. They got so many picks, mm-hmm. it doesn't really hurt their pockets. Yeah. That was something I liked about the Knicks, uh too. We didn't give up any of our first round picks. 
and and today and at the trade deadline. We we gave up the second rounders, but we still got plenty of first round picks. Yeah, I think the Sixers gave up a second rounder too. What is what, what was that with second rounders, man? They just well, you know, a lot of second rounders. That's the that's funny thing. You can just get them back in the summertime, just like trade for them and get them back. Exactly. I'm not really worried about them. Like it's oh yeah, two three second rounders really turn into like rotation players. Like when it's all said and done. Mm, like, I see. All right, that's fair. All right, let's get on to the next topic. And these and these two questions kind of coincide with each other, but we're just going to stick with the West first. I did say the original question was, who's the biggest threat to the Nuggets in the West? But at this point, who's the biggest threat to the Clippers at this point? The Clippers are playing out of their minds. Like, it's listen, we trashed the Clippers. They went 0-7 in their first game, right? They, they were awful, right? James Harden to Russell Westbrook decided to be the bigger man, in which I love Russell for that. That's why I, I – I understand we come at him because he makes some of the most poorest shot selections we've probably ever seen. But <laughs> he's he's definitely a guy you want on your team because he he's willing to make the sacrifice when it comes down to it. And um, honestly, who's the biggest threat to the Clippers? Because and this is what I want to say too. I think the Clippers, like I said, I think Celtics might win the title just because they've been like I don't see them not winning the title at this point. But if the Clippers do make it to the finals, it would end so many narratives. For that team, you got Paul George. He's never James Harden. Uh, Russell never gets the ring. So, I, like so many narratives get ended right there. So I'm kind of rooting, and then they step out of the Lakers shadow a little bit. You know, they. I'm rooting for the Clippers. I'm not gonna lie. I'm rooting for them to actually make some noise. Uh, but who is the biggest threat to the Clippers right now in the West? Give me your two, three teams, Kyrie. Uh, bro, the West is kind of a gauntlet right now. And um, I still think in the way the Nuggets can be considered like the top team, because mm-hmm. let's got let's not get it twisted. The the Thunder, the uh, Clippers, and the Wolves, the Wolves and the Nuggets, they're all sub- only separated by like a game or so. Like it's it's right. very tight right now. It, it is very tight right now. Mm. And um, I still think the Nuggets still have that edge because it, it, in my eyes, they got the best player in the league right now as we speak. Of course. And um. I don't think any of those. I don't think either one of those teams, not even the Wolves with with Cat and Rudy, have anybody to stop him. Well, yeah, I mean, I you would kind of hope those twin towers would do some. Jeez, no, no, <laughs> no. I don't. I, they, they not. They not stopping Jokic, bro. Like, I, I it, just because of that. Like, I still, I like, like, and from what I've seen so far this season, I still see like kind of view like subconsciously even like Denver as being the top team in the West. Mm. So like I, I'm still kind of viewing it from that perspective, especially since like hey they they don't rain a chance, bro. Somebody's got to knock them off. Yeah. So and, and and they're so they're the rain a chance to tell them. But as far as like the most like threatening teams to them in my mind right. is definitely between the Clippers and the Suns. Oh, and so um, I, can't. I see, and the, and you you right, Colin. The Clippers really been snapping lately. I've been tuning into them more, and like I mentioned last episode, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard really figured out how to play, remain aggressive around James Harden, who's still going to seek his shots, but it can also get the offense orchestrated and get other guys involved. And there was Zubac saying in the post game how how blessed he was to have a point guard like Russ and James Harden. Absolutely, absolutely, and um. And, and guys like Tan, like Daniel Tice, other bigs, he's he's uh he's benefiting off that too. Guys off the bench screen that we mentioned before, like Norman Powell's coming off and playing good still. Russell Westbrook's coming off the bench and doing his thing. Um, this Clippers team is really Amir Coffee is another like 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 underrated like under the radar type of guy that comes in and gives them spurts. You mentioned up. him before. Yeah, he, he I mean he's pretty good. He, he he's got a nice low lefty stroke. He can hit it from the outside. Um. I, I I really like this Clippers team. They're deep, but I think overall the Suns team may be a little a little more talented, slightly more talented. And we're talking about a guy like Devin Booker, who I made the claim last episode that is what he's one of the top all around players in the league right now. And um, you mentioned it, Johnny. Him, Bradley Beal's getting back into into his flow. Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. They're starting to mess and they're starting to play around together and 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 benefit off and play off each other a lot better. And this is the glue guys. Grayson Allen's been playing amazing this season. Eric Gordon still hitting shots from the outside. Josh Akogi. And now you've got um 
we just mentioned him in the trade. I, I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, the Royce O'Neal, you got him right now. You lost the shooting in Utah Watanabe, but again, you got Eric Gordon for that. Like you got Drew, you got big Drew Eubanks. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic is playing good and looks like a good like passing big within within that offense and and, and mm-hmm. rebounded well. I think the Phoenix Suns, if between them and, and the Clippers, I'd got to give it to them as far as who I see knocking off the top team in the West. And then in my eyes, that's the that's the Denver Nuggets. I- I'm gonna throw my OKC in there too. But Johnny, go ahead, man. Uh, give us your uh, your biggest stretch from your perspective uh, to the Nuggets in the West. Kyrie said it. That was my team, the Suns. So mm-hmm. it was the clip. It was the Clippers. One A. No, it was like one A and one B. Clips and Suns. Mm-hmm. Because and inside, so I, I, I it's just so interesting just breaking down both these teams if you look at them on paper. And the past couple games that they played, I would. It, it's like one A, one B for me. But the one A would be Phoenix. One B would be Clippers. If you'd asked me this two days ago, it'd have been the other way around. Clips one A, Suns one B. Now it's it's shifting, you know what I'm saying? So I just put clips in the suns, bro. Um, you got to look at it like 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 you said, the glue guys. We already know about the superstars, right? Superstars aside, let's look at the glue guys for the suns. Uh, Grayson Allen, the, uh, 13 points per game. Nurkic is there, it's giving you 12 and 10, a double double. Eric Gordon, 12 points per game. You even got Bobo shooting 70 percent from field goal range. Uh, Eubanks giving you good minutes. He's averaging about Shout four boards. You know what I'm saying? For sure, they're seeing the like the, the glue guys seem like they're starting to get it, and then you added in Royce O'Neal to that mix. So now, like like you are still able to keep Nasir Little. So like you got the glue guys are starting to gel. They're starting to mess. So that's more important because we knew that. I feel like these three were going to get it together. That's that's the deal with superstars. They get it together sooner or later. It's not too many. Big threes that didn't really work out. Maybe one or two. No, it's a lot of your big finger. that didn't work out. I would give Brooklyn didn't work out. OKC in the beginning didn't work out with Harden, the young Harden, Durant, Westbrook. Maybe our two. Six, our, our, our six is big three. What was it? Jimmy Butler and uh, – I mean – Jimmy well, didn't even touch the court. And then B. Our big three. Well, I mean, Ben Simmons and it's, you, you could do that. There's a couple off the top I can't remember off the top of my head. So it's mm-hmm. yeah. Off the top, but you got it's off the top of your head versus uh superstar big big three teams that usually work sure. out pretty well or don't have a problem. <laughs> as far as that's concerned. That's fair, that's fair. The glue guys. It's the glue guys, y'all. It's the glue guys, bro. I'm telling you. And then look at the Clippers. You got Terrence Mann set about eight points per game. Zubox about almost a double double, twelve and nine. I'm surprised Piled about trade. Uh, Bones Highland. I I heard so much rumors about him. They was looking to trade him. Yeah, yeah, he would been a nice pick. He's young though. They might want to be interested in keeping him. I like Bones adding to that. He he gels. I I, I like Bones. He's got some spark to him. Bones Highland, fourteen points per game and shooting fifty percent. You got Coffee. You mentioned Westbrook's actually giving you like probably their best production off the bench. Eleven yeah. points per game, five and four. And you got Mason Pump. You got you got uh my, not Mason. You got Plumley uh coming in, seven and six. So. It's the glue guys. I like that for the Clippers and the Suns. But if you was to match those two, I like the Suns a little bit better. That's what makes me inch a little bit better for them. I feel like they have a little bit more defense and a little bit more efficiency on the scoring end. A lot of, like, hot and cold guys on the Clippers team. A lot of hot and cold. Paul George just went for 0 for 8 and whatnot. And I think they gave up. God, Lord. They dropped 140 on Atlanta, I think, but they gave up like 120-something or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So you, the Clippers will give you games like that where where's the defense. You know what I'm saying? And But, you know what I mean? I, I shoot, they just beat uh, – Harden did snap that game. I will give you that. He had like 30 that game and whatnot. And they just came up. Yeah, shooting some three. Yeah. He had six. I think he knocked six threes down, bro. Cover my parlay. Thank you, brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Sixers. I'm sorry, Sixers. Yeah, I'm still betting on James Harden. Kind of. I told you, bro. Like, if he's satisfied, he'll play good. You know what? I, I was just praising the Clippers about the playoffs. You know, I don't know on the playoffs. Yeah, don't, yeah. Just don't well, bet on yeah, Harden. Well, <laughs> right, right. Because we got that's the, and that's another thing. We got to see what these players do in the playoffs, right? And that's another yeah. thing why I'm leaning towards the Suns as one A because the Clippers all have individual superstars that have their own legacies and. Playoff question marks over their head that they got to carry, true. except for Kawhi Leonard. But other, but other than that, you know what I'm saying. But yeah, other than that, you got to go with the Suns a little bit on this one. 
So, other than that, I agree with Kyrie. Clippers, Suns, biggest threat to the Nuggets, or if you want to go the other way around, biggest threat to the Clippers, Suns. And I ain't going to fraud. I like OKC. I like Minnesota. I got to give it to Denver C because playoff experience or lack thereof. And that's the only thing I'm putting over there. That's why I'm putting, I'm not, and you can't trump what OKC is doing. Minnesota, I can't hate on Rudy Gobert no more. As much as it pains me. I can't hate on Carl Anthony Towns. He might much. win defensive player of the year again. Oh, well, we talked about that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't give yeah. me That's making me hate that award. But anyway, yeah. be that as it may, you know what I'm saying? You got to throw in the Suns in that mix. I mean, uh, the Nuggets in that mix, too, as far as top three, as far as who is, who's contending. It's a boxing match up there at the top of that mountain. Then let's bring it over to the East, man. I think you guys will probably be more quicker with your answers because you guys really, you know, so who's the biggest threat to the Celtics in the East then, Kyrie? I mean, who give me your two teams who you think? First of all, first of all, fellas, the Celtics are scary as shit, man. And <laughs> I think <laughs> their team were very It's the leprechaun. No, it, it, it's Drew Holiday and Derek White on that perimeter. That's what it is. Yeah, the hell the defense. Are you kidding yeah. me? That reminds me when the Pelicans or Ray John Rondo or Drew Holiday was playing working, not just the regular mm-hmm. team. The Portland Trailblazers, so they embarrassed CJ McCollum and then I'm seeing it again. Yeah, like, I, yep. I'm seeing it again. So the Celtics are really are really a scary team, and I think their main weaknesses, which I feel like they can fix, and they 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 just it's, it's all about effort when it comes to this and just game plan. Is they're not really a great rebounding team, from what I've seen at least. And they shoot a they shoot a whole bunch of threes, and sometimes they fall in love they fall in love with the three ball too much. But when you got guys like Jason Tatum, Porzingis, Jalen Brown, like you, yeah, you can't be too upset with what goes on because they they usually do anything out there, getting close to twenty points a game each, or over twenty points a game each. Um, so as far as like the top team in the East that I see like that can rival them and that can that that can scare them is. The Bucks is the obvious choice still, in my opinion. Even though they own the slit, they skip the skid with Doc. I don't yeah. expect to last or be this bad at least. Right. Um, headed into the playoffs and coming, like uh, going through Mark. But okay. they still have guys like J- uh, Damian Lillard and Yas Antetokounmpo. Not gonna okay. let that team. They they're not gonna let that team sink too bad uh, from where they are. They they started. They let the boat. They let the boat sink a little bit, letting the Cavs and the and, and, and my Knicks sneak up there with them a little bit. But um, that's the other team I see as the uh the, the main threat is the Knicks, and um I said they're scary as shit to me. I said the Celtics are scary that's for this one reason. I think this is the what the the like the our biggest kryptonite with the Celtics is Drew Holiday when he when he plays against Drake, like Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson is, is is he has bad. He, he's not the same. Like Drew Holiday does a great job on Jalen Brunson. He does a great job on most guards. He does a great exactly like it's, it's like that's like that's no secret, but it, it's it seemed personal for some reason when it, when it's against when it gets his I don't know if that's because like he picked my team or something. Drew uh, Holiday matched up against him, bro. Like it really like it, it really get dirt. And I'm just hey, thinking man. adding Derek White into that mix. I think we played up the Boston already. We played them once already this season. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we got cooked. But that was pre OG and Anubi. <laughs> and um, I think with the team that we have now, when everybody's healthy, when we have a healthy Julius Randle, who's been playing good since stinking it up in the, the beginning of the season, he's playing very good. And it would, it would be an all-star if he didn't hurt his shoulder. Um, Again, Jalen Brunson was having a, a lot of people considering an, MV, an MVP caliber season. Um, we got Josh Hart playing good. Dante DiVincenzo's been on an absolute tear. That's, um, yeah, I, man. Shout out to him. Shout out to Dante, bro. He's been killing it. He's been lightening up for three uh, these past couple of games as well. I think he, he, had, he had like nine threes a few games ago. Um, yeah. I don't think we're getting Mitchell Robinson back this season, but bro, Isaiah Hartenstein has been a has, has been a fucking monster. He, he's been a, he's been a, he's been a true monster. This, this, he's taking advantage uh, of his opportunity. He's showing well, the next valuable. I'm talking about defense rebounds. Passing the ball, being unselfish, just playing within the flow of the offense. Isaiah Hartenstein has been like absolutely perfect for us this season. And again, we get we get OG back. We got the new additions and um Bogdanovich and Alec Birch. 
I think I, I honestly think like like just roster wise, like on paper, like matchup for matchup, we match up pretty well with the Celtics. Mm. But again, bro, that team is scary. And um I think there's only so much we can do when it comes to defending guys like Tatum at the same time, Jalen Brown and Christoph Porzingis. Christoph Porzingis lit us up last time he played us and um there's nothing Julius Randle could do about it. Chris so, Brazilian's uh, got some vengeance against y'all, man. Y'all ain't that, y'all, y'all misused them, then y'all traded them. Bro, it's misguided anger. It should all be towards Phil Jackson. Oh, Ask man. him. It's tough. <laughs> it should all be towards Phil Jackson. But yeah, I, I, that's the thing. It is it's gonna be really hard to knock off the Celtics. I like I, I agree with you, Kyle. I think they're destined for the finals unless something like catastrophically like goes bad. Oh yeah. But <laughs> I think I honestly think the uh between like the Bucks and the, uh, and the Knicks, I think my Knicks is up there as far as being like the most competitive and the and the most likely to knock them off or to or to, to challenge them for that top spot. All right, Johnny, put the spotlight on you, man. Talk to us. Give us your perspective. Who do you think is the biggest threat to come out the East besides the Celtics? And then we'll move on to the last topic. Yeah, bro. Um, there you go again, guys. Uh, I already got it. Uh, I another one. I'm just gonna pick your Knicks, bro. But I also. Once again, guys, I got a 1A and a 1B again. And like he probably pointed out again, Cleveland. Uh, another 1A and 1B. So, now, if I was to choose between the A and the B of the 1, um, again, I would do it like this. I'm looking at pieces. I'm looking at glue guys. I'm looking at outside of the obvious superstars. And I, I got love for you, Kyrie. I got to go 1A Cavs, 1B Knicks. Only because I feel like when I look at the glue guys on the Cavs, it, I, it defense screams a little bit more to me. Like you said with the Knicks, Julius, uh, outside of Julius Randle and um, Jalen Brunson, obviously, Dante DiVincenzo is giving you 13 points per game. Solid on the defensive end. OG Ananobi, another good defensive piece when he comes back. I like Hartenstein making the most of his minutes. He's up to almost 10 points a game. And he's giving any – I forgot how many boards he stepped up his boards, too. I think he's flirting around with a double-double, averaging that a game as well. And as well as that, um, you guys just seem to be meshing a lot. But when I look at the Cavs, blue guys, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen – I mean, outside of Jared Allen, obviously. Harris LeVert, Georgie Niang, Isaac Okoro. Little bit, not that much, just a little bit more defensive talent on that side. As far as wings, as far as and definitely the front court, and I think they will be able to give Boston a little bit more of an issue right now if the playoffs were to start. Compared, we'll see how things shape up and whatever. But I definitely, yeah, I mean, what do you think about that? I definitely see what you're saying because that twin towers with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. It would definitely give Kristaps and their their bigs like Al Horford and and, uh, what's his name. I can't believe I forget his name. Luke Cornett. Luke, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who they be having out there sometimes too? Um, I think they give them more of a challenge down low in that in, in, in that front court. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I definitely think they do. Um, but the Cavs haven't addressed something they which was their downfall to us in the playoffs last year, and that's that bench scoring. Ah, that bench scoring, especially with the uh, with the team like the Celtics, who they don't play, they don't go super deep into their bench. And when they do, it's not for too long until Jason Tatum comes back in or Chris Stops come back or Jalen Brown come back in. So mm-hmm. they don't really have to as much. I mean, you got guys yeah. like that, and that's okay for like that's cool for like a quick game, like O'Shea Brissett. Um, but George Yang and Max Truce ain't going to save you. They, they're not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Lee, that, that's for sure. But hey, y'all both 9 and 1, y'all last 10. So I got a 1A, 1B, bro. Cavs, Knicks, as far as the threat for Boston. And I, I was gonna say this though, like as as far as like, cause I, I was I was this close to putting the Cavs in over the Bucks because mm-hmm. the Cavs. I, it's, and, oh, and look, that's a, the Bucks can't get out there on here. You already said the one for a skit. I, I gotta see about the Bucks. I'm not even putting yeah. it up. But the Cavs, I think, kind of like the Knicks taste blood in the water with MB going down, and the Sixers they haven't looked. They y'all haven't looked good since he's been down, bro. Bro, that's and all ESPN been talking about. I think we're four and eleven since he's been down. What? Well, that's probably that's probably all the games he. Games that he 11. didn't play. You're right. Got you. Got you. 
And then what what Milwaukee trying to get their stuff together with under a new coach. I think that the Cavs, just like us, are really motivated. And they just got Darius Garland and Evan Moby back. Mm-hmm. Bro, they're super, yep. that's a team. That's a team. I'm, and, and I'm not. I'm, team, I'm definitely as a Knicks man. I'm definitely Thank looking out for him. per game. Probably yeah. more. Evan Moby's gonna get back to his 16 again. Yeah, Jared Allen dropping 15 and double double and just God knows how many blocks. Bro, it's yeah. Yeah, oh, can I say real quick? I just play around real fast and just say, just for the sake of history, I just want to say if the Heat sneak in, look out, Boston. I just want to say that just for the sake of history, like 2020 and 2023, oh, and they almost beat them in 2022. They lost game seven by four. And just, they, bro, we got to keep it real. The Heat, I talked about their coaching. They just better coaching. Uh, defensive versatility on defense and they just seem to expose Boston every single time they play them. Right. Like They just seem like they have that niche. They just got that whatever that Boston uh, uh, kryptonite is, bro. They just seem to have it and I can never just count them out. And I, and Boston knows that. That's why they hence they picked up Drew Holiday and, and, and Porgy. Chris asked Porzingis, but so they know that, bro. So they got to get they they low key got Miami in the back of their head. Like I think Miami's like seventh, but they always do this, right? They always stay at the bottom feeder and then float around. I'm gonna tell you, just I gotta say it, just for the sake of history, and we've seen it done before. If Miami sneaks in, they're my dark horse as the biggest threat to Boston. You know what I'm saying? But as of right now, I'll go with the obvious. But I do want to mention it. I can definitely see that because Jimmy definitely played with food in the in, in the regular season. He 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 be missing games. He's sometimes he he's just not as aggressive. He's always deferring <laughs> something like that when he is playing. When it, when it comes to it's just like Miami know like yo we going to give it to him and and now they got Tyler Hero. They didn't have Tyler Hero last playoff and he, Hero's been on a bit of a skid. he's healthy he's healthy but overall this season he's been really good. I think he's putting up like twenty four a game if I'm not mistaken. Yep, where we at? Hero. Yep, twenty four a game. 22. Twenty-two games. Really good too. Man, has been playing very, very solid. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I think Miami could definitely be a dark horse if they, um, they get stuff Sneak together. And um, yeah. But we're gonna get it moving to the next topic, man. Um, it's just me and you right now. I think Kyle, Kyle still might be using the bathroom or something. See, he goes. We're gonna move to the last topic, which is the sixty-five game rule, where. Of course, we, we've been talked about it. It's been talked about so much. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got to play 65 games to be eligible for NC's uh, award, like MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, MV, uh, uh, Sixth Man of the Year, stuff like that. Um, so what do you, what is your overall feelings about the rule itself, Johnny? Um, do you think it's fair? Do you think it's a little too harsh on the players? Should it be lowered a little bit? Or do you think this is just a response to like what we've seen these past couple of seasons with, players resting and load management and stuff like that. Like, what's your thoughts on it? I said 75. This is a couple of seasons ago. Um, there was rumors about this coming up, and I originally said 75. I didn't want to go – I didn't want to go 65. That's a – come on, these are grown men, professional, multimillion-dollar athletes. Hence, leading to my next point, cut their contracts. Like, they want to miss games, and it's not cleared by an NBA station doctor. Cut them. It, this is reminding me of like the Kawhi Leonard situation where he had got a knee, his knee looked at by an outside doctor after being cleared by an NBA specialist. And it was a whole lot of controversy with that. Hence, the league put this new rule in that, like, later on, how it's got to be NBA sanctioned doctors or else or not. Yeah. There, were, there, there was a thing, right, with the Joel B injury. I'm going I'm to I'm catch it back up now. Uh, the Joel B injury. Um, leading up to that, we lost last. We lost our last two, I believe. We was getting our behind kicked on that road trip. We needed to come back home, but yeah, either way, we was getting our behind kicked. We played them. I feel like out of pressure. So I was reading reports saying, leading up to the Golden State Warriors game, a physician cleared him to play, but they said that it's up to the player as well if they feel like they can go. So it's like if a doctor says you're fit to play, and but a player still says no. The team has to buy by that and vice versa. But right. um, and B came in and told the staff that he wanted to play and he got cleared. But there were people in that locker room saying that he shouldn't play and he mm-hmm. should sit. And right. there were whispers of that. 
but they put the stigma of he got cleared, we're following the rules, and he said he wanted to play, so we're going to put him out there. Now he got hurt. Now it's a long-term injury. Now they're going back to find out who cleared him, and now they're trying to point fingers. It's a whole big mess. And this situation right here, 65-game rule, they're trying to keep players to, to keep playing, take their money away. All right? I feel like the, the season should be cut, first of all. I, I, I disagree with 65 games. Come to rip. If you got a problem with players playing, not playing, cut their cut, cut they money. If they're not cleared by medical physicians, and then they, they, then they can't play. But if they're cleared and they're doing loads management and they're not playing because they're 38 and they're chasing stats and they're still trying to save them for the playoffs, I think financial like action needs to be taken. And that's the only way I feel like the, the, the Nick players play. Uh, bro, I disagree, man. I'm upset with this rule of 65. I hope it doesn't get passed. I agree with shortening the season, but I feel like it should be 75. Uh, along the range of that. You, you can go 70. Give them five more games. But you gotta, it's got, it's gotta be a number that's gotta, that it, it, it's gotta be a number that's substantial to where as though players can get better, teams can gel. And at the same time, fans can watch basketball, bro. We they, they're trying to cut the season. Like it's 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 not that physical of a sport. It's not the NFL to where so you gotta shorten the thing. Like you you wanna make it better, you have made it better, you're selling tickets. Um, I don't see why you need to cut the season so short. I feel like the 70, 75 range, I was good with the concept of shortening the season, but this is too long. It's too short, bro. It's too much. I don't like it. You don't like players mm-hmm. playing, uh cut their money. You make some fair points, Johnny. I don't disagree. I, I, I don't disagree. You're right. Cut their money. That's the biggest motivation. That's why, you know, we even got to this point. Because, you know, guys, you know, taking off low management, you know. And uh, But don't get it twisted. I love how they kind of crack down on it. Because now we get to really see the guys, like the stars play. You know, usually when it comes to main time or main matchups, holiday matchups or special occasions, you know, the, the guys would take it as like a vacation day. You know, and it's like people pay the tickets to come and watch you guys play. Like this is this is probably their Christmas. This is probably their whatever occasion it is. This is their birthday, whatever. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. The money's yeah, the biggest the, motivation. The, the, the league they tried with the mandatory superstars had to play. Like I think how many? Right. Like no more than two can sit out. Or no whatever. more than and, two, I believe. Yeah, no like somebody. And, and if they are, and if they and if they are hurt and they can't sit out, they have to be like courtside. Like yeah, the fans can see him, like minister, so it's like they tried. No, I, that. I love. You know what I mean, the concept is making me mad. So Kyrie, I, 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 I like, like, I like the rule. I like yeah. the rule because there's as a fan. I'm just speaking from a strictly like fan perspective at this point. I you know ain't no more I hate than tuning into a game, seeing a game like on the schedule or something. Like, oh, I'm, I'm ready to watch this, John. And oh, Anthony Edwards out. Joel Embiid's out. And it'd be like little bullshit stuff like back tightness or like 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 calf soreness or like 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 toe bruise. Like and it's like like DeJounte Murray, I think DeJounte Murray got sat last night because the, the Hawks honestly thought they was gonna trade him. Mm. Like like stuff like that, bro. Like I like I don't like I I personally don't like that. And I think asking the, the I think asking the players like yo to only the play sixty five games, I think you're only missing what so, Missing what seventeen? Like you got you got seventeen games to miss, right? And right. if you got a cast, like if you got like a bad injury, like like we see with like an B the tournament, some guys get torn. It's like, hey, bro, bro, that's tough. You wouldn't be considered anyway, though. Like you can be like depending on when the season, like when it happened in the season. Like if you twenty games in and you putting up MVP numbers, like oh, you look like you're at the top of the MVP race right now, and you get hurt, they're not going to consider you later on later on anyway, right? So, Honestly, the concept why? of shortening it is okay, but you cool with sixty five, bro? You the concept of shortening. Asking, asking players to play sixty five games is, is is not too much, bro. Out of eighty two, I'm asking you to play the show up sixty five games a year. I mean, yeah. Right. Players back, players back. Listen, players back then, and we didn't get to watch too much of it, but we hear stories. We watch older guys talk. Players back there, and we got the stats. To, we got the stats to prove it too. Like older guys, older like older guys back then, in like the nineties and the eighties, they played majority of these seasons back to back to back to back. The early two thousand with, 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 with work with worse medical care with, with, with like with 
less like less medical yeah, staff. It's not as like the technology not as wasn't less, even less advanced. advanced it Way less advanced. Like like a meniscus tear where B just got right now, where he's going to be out for like a month, I think. Back then, bro, that's not that's a season. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And that's then true. they come back, and then then and come back. Most likely, they come back and they play most of their games, and they not they not complaining. So it's just like, and then you got guys like John missing. A lot of these guys is missing games from like suspensions, mm-hmm. um, conduct, doesn't middle of the team rules, little little dumb stuff like that, bro. And we asking like, yo, stay healthy. Like you guys play basketball year all year round anyway. Y'all go crazy in the Rico runs in the summertime. That's what, and that'd be my rebuttal against why like, people like. Why guys say they don't want to play like serious in an all star game and compete in an all star? We all don't want to get hurt. They're gonna be in Rico runs, the Chris Brickley workout. <laughs> like, yo, the word. The Julie be going crazy. All that. We saw, we trying to get a The world got to see, especially the Sixers fan, when we saw that Ben Simmons workout. Man, we thought he was about to start. You got something you can't pay the man to do in game. He's doing for free at a workout. Man, we thought he was about to be something special, something that. Like, it's, it's like at a certain, it's like at a certain point, bro. Like, guys got to put, like, I think guys got to take pride in being adorable and being available all season long. That's true. Amazing. I'm not comfortable with my MVP playing 55 games. Ah, uh, you know what? Okay. I'm not comfortable with my rookie of the year edging out a guy, and he 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 played 47 games or something like that. Right, and then the other guy that really competed played at least seventy or eighty percent. You know, right? Yeah. No, I don't I'm saying some of the stuff like that. Doing some stuff, stuff like that's not fair. Like the other guy was available, he showed up the games, he gave the fans what they wanted to, what they wanted to he see. He played his heart out day in day out. Yeah, and and I, I wanted to mention this too because I heard Ernie Johnson mention this um on one of the TNT uh broadcasts right when NBA that got hurt and we didn't know it was a complete meniscus tear. He said. Even though he can't qualify for MVP, let him qualify for first team All NBA because he definitely would have made it. Right, and right. there probably would have been no other guys throughout the season that that, that wouldn't beat him out for it for real, for real. Mm, So yeah, let him make second team or first team or something. like make it. Let him make an All NBA team, and it's like I like that. I can work with. Like I can work with that. Feel me. But when it comes to like these main awards, like Defensive Player of the Year, Six Man of the Year, MVP, like not nah, like you, you got to be available. Just yeah, availability is the greatest ability. Yeah, that's it. That's it. All right, I love it. I love it. This was this is a real awesome uh, episode, and you know, I hope the fans enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed recording this episode for these guys. I mean, I hopefully you guys love all the topics. You know, we brainstorm these topics to bring you guys to our fans day in and day out, and. Like I said, that concludes episode 143 of the Restricted Zone podcast. Big shout out to Kyrie and Johnny. <laughs> this episode really was awesome. We get some strong criticism, strong. Um, it was just a great overall episode. You know, you guys had some energy to the guys today. Nick, Kyrie was defending his Knicks. He got passionate. You know, he's, you know, he's got, he felt like a whole new energy burst into him. Seeing like he sees a bright future for the Knicks. And I don't know. You guys always get disappointed somehow, somehow, some way. So I'm just telling you, I don't know. I'm hoping look, bro. When, when, when you have a trade deadline that's boring, you gotta find a bright spot somewhere. <laughs> and my my next for once happened to be the bright spot on trade deadline day. So that's yeah. no, hey, listen, we can't. I can't even talk, bro. If Kyrie's happy, and I'm just over here punching air. Listen, and we listen, and with that being said, like I say, you guys can follow us on Instagram, the Restricted Zone Pod. You know, the link is going to be in the description below. You can follow each and every single one of us, eight of us, on our podcast directly. You can send us DMs on what topics you feel like we should talk about, what you want us to talk about. We're definitely open to responding and doing anything and listening to topics that we feel like is definitely worth talking about. Also, don't forget to subscribe to YouTube, man. We're on YouTube. This is going on YouTube. Leave a like, subscribe, and comment. If you're not really a big fan of watching stuff on YouTube, you can catch us more so on the audio side, Apple. Spotify, you know, podcasts for anchors, Google Podcasts. I mean, listen, you name it, we're on there. Uh, so just give us a tune, support us, share it out with, you know, any sports fans you know. And like I said, we just can't uh, thank you guys enough for sticking with us. And like I said, this year, we're ready to take off with it. So 
Have a great day, everyone. Enjoy the Super Bowl this Sunday. If you guys didn't check out the episode on 141, check this out. We give our Super Bowl predictions. We talk about the playoffs, recap. So definitely check that out. Stay in tune. Have a great week, everyone, and enjoy the episode, guys.